Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, and we'll also read Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 10. We've been talking about relationship with the Holy Spirit, and today I'm going to talk about the fruit we bear in the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. So, we'll go to these two verses, and I will share more, but I wanted to talk to you, especially in light of of the election, some of the things that we need to be careful of, some of the things we need to consider. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, and Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. In Matthew 3, 8, it says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, when a person truly repents in their life, they will manifest actions, activities, behaviors that are worthy of their repentance. In other words, if you truly repent, and repent means turn around, repent means turn from something you've been doing previously to new actions, new attitudes, new mindsets, feel sorry for what you did in the past. When a person truly repents, you could actually see it. How do you see it? In their actions. Oh, You've you got to understand my heart. I can't understand your heart. I can't see your heart. I can only see your actions. Isn't that true? Sometimes people say that. You, you, know, you don't know my heart. No, we don't. Humans don't have that capacity to know a person's heart. Except through relationship. Because in relationship, we get to see your actions. We get the things, uh, to see the things you say over and over and over again. The way you respond. The way you prospond. The way you act. The way you react. And in that process, you definitely then let, you get to know what's inside here. The Bible says, by your fruits, you shall know them. By the actions, the continual actions of people is how you get to know people, right? All right. So Ephesians chapter 5 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. Say with me, goodness. goodness. Righteousness, Righteousness. And truth. See? And then it says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Righteousness is right actions. Righteousness is right living. But what's right? See? So when you have something you could refer to, then you know what is right. If, if I have a law, don't cross the red light. What is right? Don't cross the red light. Cross on the green. If you cross on the red, are you being righteous? Righteous is right actions. Righteousness also is when God looks at you and declares you innocent. Even though you messed up, even though you made your mistakes, Emily even said it, you know, we're not perfect. Yeah, none of us are. We all have issues. We all have stuff in the closet, right? But God looks from heaven and declares you righteous. And there's a reason why he does that. I'll explain to you in a little while. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word, and once again, thank you for relationships in the kingdom of God. Thank you for our children. Thank you for blessing our children, blessing our families. Lord, we, we appreciate that more than words can say. We pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray you teach us, open up the eyes of our understanding, that we might be able to hear and understand your word, because your word says when we understand your word, the enemy cannot take it from our hearts. So we thank you, Father, for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So we heard that Jesus one time told the disciples, he told the people there, bear fruits worthy of repentance. So what is God looking for? God is looking for a man and a woman that recognizes that 
uh, God is not telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. He's not saying that or doing that. What he's saying is that I created you. So there are environments that are beneficial to you, and there are environments that are destructive to you. And I created you to be fulfilled in a certain environment, in a certain um, established way of living. If you go another way, you will destroy yourself. And truly, we know that because we see that, uh, even in the election. Uh, how many of you uh, have been paying attention to the election? Four people. The rest of you, the altar is open right now. You can repent anytime you want to. <laughs> The truth of the matter is, you could even see in our quote-unquote most elite, our most educated, didn't you see the most difficult, the most barbaric election process ever? Those are the Yale educated, the Harvard educated folk. Those are the enlightened ones, the billionaires and the multimillionaires, the most elite, the cream of the crop. And look at the way they talk to each other. Look at the way they act. Look at the way... See, sin is in the heart. It doesn't make a difference how much education you have. You have to go to God and ask God to help because we cannot do it on our own. Humanity continuously implodes when they push God away. Remember I told you uh, what is truth, what is right? God's Word. God's Word is, is an anchor for us. God's Word shows us how to live. God's Word tells us what is good for us and what is not good for us. We can extrapolate from it things that we need to do today, even though it's a timeless book. It's thousands of years old, right? But they are timeless truths. Thou shalt not commit murder. It's pretty clear. Thou shalt not lust after your neighbor's stuff. It's pretty clear. You understand? So we have pretty clear, solid measurables as to what are some things we have to stay away from. I remember one time years ago, and there was a story in the news where these kids continually went to the neighbor's backyard and went to the neighbor's pool. And, and the neighbor didn't appreciate that because he didn't invite the kids. But they would go in there, they'd have a great time, leave everything dirty and leave. So one day, the kids go up to enjoy the pool and they saw a fence around the pool, around the whole area. So they couldn't get in. They're saying, listen, man, the man thinks he's going to keep us away. Not going to happen. So one of the guys jumped over the fence and he threw himself into the pool. And this is a true story, by the way. He threw himself into the pool, and what happened was there was no water in the pool because they were fixing it. And he threw himself in the deep part, head first, and he broke his neck. So when you look at that, the fence wasn't there to try to keep the kids from having fun. It was there to keep them from getting in trouble. And God's Word isn't there to keep you from having fun. It's there to protect you in life. So we need to understand that God is looking for fruit. When you, when you consider fruit, what does that mean to you? What's fruit to you? Apples. apples yeah, amen. Fruit, <laughs> fruit, it's good. I mean, yeah, the apples are great. An apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? But it nourishes you, right? An apple nourishes you. An apple comes from a, a, a shrub, a bush, a tree, and, and when you eat from it, it's good. It helps you. It strengthens you, right? Well, God looks for different type of fruit. And when he looks for his people, he looks for fruit to abound. And the Bible says he's pleased when he sees that type of fruit. And I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but just suffice just to say that he's looking at his people and he's judging to see, he's gauging to see 
if they're giving fruit. Now, if you look at righteousness, what is the type of fruit he's looking for? Things that are right, things that help others, right? So let's get into it a little bit, because I'm going to share with you. Matthew 7, 16 through 20, it says, You will know them by their fruits. Say to your neighbor, I'll know you if I can hang around with you for a while. When you're dating, you think you know your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, right? Oh, yeah, you've been dating for two or three years. But isn't it funny? Literally within a month of getting married, you find out things you never knew about your boyfriend or girlfriend. I wonder why. Because people hide stuff, and they hide it good. Yeah, we're on our best behavior when we're dating. You know, the lady's perfect face. Everything has to be perfect, nice dress. You know, after years of being married, they're like... The guys, you know, I mean, ripped, six-pack, diesel, you know. A couple of years after they're married, they got a belly bigger than a nine-month woman. Yeah, things change. <laughs> yeah, things... <laughs> And then, they, and then they say, you know, I, I, I really didn't know my wife. I thought I knew my wife. I thought I knew my husband. The truth of the matter is you get to know them by their fruit. In other words, by the things that they do. It's funny. We laugh about it, but it's true. It's true. And it's scriptural. So when, when Jesus was talking about that, he says, by their fruits you will know them. Then he said this. I am the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine. I'm the trunk. I'm the center portion uh, that's connected to the roots. I am the vine. And you are the branches. You're the ones that are connected to me. Whoever abides in me. The abide means live with me. See, again, relationship. Because the branch is in relationship with the vine. It's connected to the vine. Anything it does, it will be a, a direct result of what's happening in the trunk. All the life sap, all the information, everything that flows through the trunk or the core, will flow out eventually to the end. And you, you know, you've got the branches giving the fruit. You will actually know what type of tree it is based on the fruit that it gives. Right? It'll give apples, then what type of tree it is? It's impossible for a pear tree to bear apples. They have done studies where they have taken trunks, no, no I'm sorry, branches, from one tree, an apple tree, for example, and they have... Uh, uh, how can I, transplanted it into the trunk of another tree, like a pear tree. So what ends up happening, if it's successful, that apple tree uh, branch will no longer bear apples. It'll stop bearing pears. Isn't that interesting? You connect it to the pear tree, it'll stop bearing pears, even though it was an apple tree branch. That's a whole message right there. Dime con quién tú andas, yo te diré quién tú eres. Tell me, will you, tell me who you walk with, I will tell you who you are. See, because your, 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 your fruit comes from a manifestation of what you're connected to. So Jesus said that if you get hooked up to me, you will bear fruits of righteousness. Because now the things you'll be hearing, the things that will be flowing from you and flowing through you and flowing out from you will be as a direct result of my relationship with you and your relationship with me. Amen. said, abide in me and I in you, 
and the things you pray for will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So I love that because Jesus was saying God loves that when we recognize and acknowledge our need to have a relationship with him. Because when we do that, we get the best part of the deal. A branch, if you cut it, it'll die. Because it has no life in itself. It's not autonomous. It has to be connected to the root. When you cut it, it dies. And here's what many humans, uh, human beings make a huge mistake. So I don't need God. I can do it all by myself. And you can because God gave you life. But what will happen is little by little we're dying. Little by little our hearts are dying. Little by little we're disconnected from life because God is life. Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we're connected to him, eternal life is flowing through us. When we're disconnected from it, we're dying spiritually. We can do stuff out there. We can do administration. We can do our jobs and everything. But we're dying on the inside. Our purpose is lost. It's gone. You take a branch and cut it. Put it on the ground. What happens to that branch? It won't bear any fruit anymore. Now, you saw, and yesterday I went downtown. I went to the, to the march, to the, I don't know, protests, right? And I saw some of the most terrible signs that I've seen in a very long time. And when I looked at it, they were saying love trumps hate. But I saw a lot of hate there. I saw a lot of hate. People hating. uh, um, There were some people that were talking about that were on Trump's side, on the sidelines. And they would go to them. They would curse at them. And and there was a lot of hate going back and forth. And I saw signs, curses, the, the most barbaric things. I said, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Then I even saw a woman. You know, without a shirt, just marching there, and you know, and she put a sign right on her chest. Uh, that's a literally. So she says, "What type of fruit is that? Is that fruit connected to God?" So I, I, I'm not. I don't care who you voted for. There are ways to disagree. But what most people don't understand is that over this nation, there's a principality. And it's a principality that has been inculcated in government, in finance. Uh, the biggest demonic spirits hang around where the money is. Because it, with money is the greatest control. In government, that's where the greatest control is. So what I saw there is the riling up of this spirit. Because all the systems are being challenged. So whenever it's challenged, you, you, you get to see the, the actual reality of it. It gets manifest. And... Remember when Jesus cast out the devil from a little boy? When the devil came out, before the devil came out, he threw the boy all over the place. So I'm not getting out of here without a fight. I'm angry now. See my point? And you saw the same thing in another time. So when we deal, when we pray that, that God would take out evil from our systems, not from people, but from systems, you'll always see a demonic reaction. And it'll be hate. It'll be resentment. It'll be revenge. See, now, look what the scripture says. Back to the anchor. Galatians chapter 5. The works of the flesh are evident. What are works of the flesh? Things that we do that come from our heart. Things that we do that come from the natural man. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, 
outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. Can we say government has been selfish? Can we say there's a lot of selfish ambitions up there? I'm not talking about Republicans, Democrats. I'm talking about the whole lot of them. There's a lot of that stuff inculcated in that system. And you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that have been praying in this nation. God, help to clean up this place. Help, you know, help these people to realize they're there to serve the, the citizens. They're not there to serve themselves. See my point? And all of that, we're seeing it with our own eyes. It's, it's being exposed. Drunkenness, reveries, and, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you before in times past. Those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care what a politician tells you. By your works, we shall know them. By their fruit, you shall know them. So they all tell you when it's time for vote time, Republicans and Democrats are in churches, right? And some of them even quote scriptures to you. Yeah, it, you know that's the way it's been for many, many years. But the scripture makes it clear. These works that we've been seeing and the works we're seeing now, that's not God. That's the works of our own flesh. That's the works of our own ambition. And what I counsel the body of Christ in this season is to be very careful. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The great apostle Paul, he challenged the, the people of God in Corinth. He says, you people are sectarian. Sectarian means you belong to one side or to the other. You people are sectarian, and that's not God. You know what he said? He, some of you say, I belong to Cephas. Some belong to Paul. Some belong to Peter. That's not God. And I rebuke you for that. He was very tough on them. He said, because the truth of the matter is, it's not Peter that's great. It's not Paul that's great. It's God that does stuff through us. We just partner. We just try to do something to help each other. But the bottom line is, God's the one that's great here. So we have to be very careful because today we'll have a person ascending to, uh, the, I guess, uh, the first executive of our nation. But in four years, it could be somebody else. Four years after that, it could be somebody else. But we have gotten caught up just like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and we have become sectarian even in the body of Christ. Now, having said that, yes, we have to vote. But I can vote without absolutely hating you. I can disagree with you and then let's go have some coffee. Isn't that true? My wife and I learned that a long time ago. And especially me. I learned that. I learned that. My wife never cared. She just would argue with you and she'd get a point across and that's it. You know, that's the truth. You, 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 know, you, you who know my wife, you know she's that way. She, she'll always tell you the truth up front. I sort of like, you know, measure my words, and I'll tell you the truth in like about 3,000 words. She's just like, brah. That's just the way she is. So I would get offended. I would get offended, and, and sometimes I would pout for a week or two or three, you know, walk around the house. You know, uh, Victor, you want coffee? I hated that, because she would argue with me, tell me what death I'm going to die, and then like 10 minutes later, she's making coffee and asking me if I want coffee. So no, man, I want to pout right now. I, I, I'm not in the mood to. I don't want coffee, man. I want to throw coffee at you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want that. But you know, throughout the years of living with a person that's straightforward, I learned, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's about the issue. You know, we're in the same team, so we're already one. We're already together. What am I doing? It's not me against her. It's, it's us together. So when we argue now, uh, I, I pout a lot less. <laughs> I get tempted to pout. 
I, 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 I admit it does well up within me, you know, and, and, and she, she'll tell me straight out, and then I tell her straight out, and then she, of course, she's, she, it's, it's like she should have been a lawyer because she never loses an argument. Somebody said me too? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, everybody is passionate for their position, right? But in, you ever saw that movie, um, uh, Back to the Future? Remember Marty McFly? When we said, I hate confrontations. Remember that? For those of you that saw it, yeah. But I'm like that. I don't like confrontations. I want to be able to discuss things in peace and enjoy it. You know, and she's like, esto es. That's it. I don't like that. But I learned after many years, you know, we can argue, disagree. Oh, that's true. We don't argue anymore. We have intense fellowship. That's what we have. We've matured. So... <laughs> so now what we do is we get our point across and we've learned to agree to disagree. And now 10 minutes later, I can have coffee with her. We're, this is, this, I'm not going to change your mind. You, you are very fixed in your opinion, but so am I. So, okay, on this one, we agree to the, let's go buy some groceries. In other words, you know, we need to get to the point, especially the body of Christ. We need that revelation that you can disagree with a person, even heartily disagree. Because truly, if you look at the election, there were two different visions of the way uh, the, the two candidates want the, na the nation to go. I understand that. Some will be on this side, some will be on that side. But what happens after the election? What are we going to do? Are, are we going to now protest for the next four years? How is our nation going to go forward? You understand my point? At one point, you have to allow the smooth transition you know, into this leadership, and if we don't like it, guess what? Four years, my voters, you know, going to go here, going to go there. That's it. But my point to the body is, some of us are so angry. Some of us are so caught up with this that we feel that we want to hurt somebody sometimes, or that, you know, this is the most horrible thing in the world. Let me give you some counsel on that. Years ago, no, I got something to tell you about that. Years ago, I had the privilege of traveling with a deliverance ministry. I was their interpreter. It was a global deliverance ministry. So they would go to the nations, and, and, but they only spoke Spanish. So they would go to English-speaking places, and I would translate to English. But what I saw marked me and changed me forever. In one specific occasion, they go to this young lady, couldn't be more than 16 years old, and they say to her, what's the matter? What do you need prayer for? I says, well, I have a problem. I have a hatred toward my dad. And when you saw her, you know, her face was really angry. And she said, oh, why are you angry? Because he, mis he mistreats my mother. Mm. Have you seen him mistreat your mother? No. So why do you say that he mistreats your mother? Well, because she tells me. And then the guy said this. He said, your mother made a very big mistake because she's imparting upon you her pain. This has nothing to do with you. Especially since you didn't see it in the house. It is more of a personal nature. But your mother didn't understand that you are susceptible to receive a pain that actually belongs to somebody else. And what she did is she illegally transferred her pain to her daughter. And now her daughter was walking around with an intense hatred toward her father based on the feelings of her mother. He says, how does your father treat you? Oh, no, he treats me great but I have a problem receiving from him because of the way he treats my mother. So right then and there, he had her 
pray and, 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 and pray this way. Say, Father, I forgive my mother for what she unintentionally did to me. And I forgive my father because maybe he might have, you know, disagreed with mom or had arguments with mom. But Lord, I receive your forgiveness also. Forgive me for carrying something I shouldn't have carried. So that moment I said, oh my God, I've done that. One, there, there are times where people have told me something and then suddenly I get angry at the other person and I never even heard the other person's place or discussion or argument. And then I found in Scripture a verse in the book of Proverbs that says one person's opinion sounds right until the other person states their opinion. There are three stories, right? You got their truth, the other truth, and the truth. Yeah, that's right. We're biased by nature. But what I counsel you in, and I saw a lot of kids out there, and they were saying, they were talking about racism, and they were talking about uh, um, hate, and hate against the Muslims, and hate against women, misogyny, and uh, hate against, uh, the, the, the wall issue, everything that you could m- think about. And I bet you most of them haven't experienced a thing of that. They successfully received an emotion that belonged to somebody's opinion. Or they successfully received a partial truth of something that some person did 11 years ago or 5 years ago or 3 years ago. Because really, truly, if we were to be pragmatic about this, both candidates are flawed. Right? And by the way, if you were to put two others, they would have been flawed too. Because I'm sure they would have been able to dig up a lot of dinosaurs and hidden issues in their closets, right? You know why? Because we're all flawed. That's right. That's Every right. single one of us have issues. You see my point? So what I'm trying to say is that right now we have... Oh, uh, there were some students that were saying, Oh, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid the world's going to end. I'm afraid that I'm going to be deported. How do you know that? My teacher told me. So some, in some occasions, teachers shared their own pain with their students. And the students were afraid after the election. See, it's all based on this sectarianism thing. It's my opinion, or I feel this way. So we need to share as a body of Christ. Yes, we can share our opinions, but understand, there's a scriptural principle that what we speak is life or death. Because in the tongue, you have the power of life and death. So when I share a complaint against my wife, you know, I share with you some things about my wife. I'm sharing them to you because she doesn't care. She knows about it. Yeah, she knows about that. And she says, yes, I am that way. So I'm not telling you something. I'm not, I'm not, um, what's the word? I'm not gossiping about my wife. My wife knows this, and she'll get up here, and she'll tell, yeah, I am that way. And we did have issues. So I have permission to talk about these things. But if I start talking to you, and I, I think I have the, the, the ministry of telephone. You know the telephone ministry? Hey, you know what I heard? I'm going to tell you this, but please don't tell anybody else. I'm just telling you so you could pray. If I tell you that, you know for a fact the first thing that that person is going to do once they get off the phone after praying is going to their telephone ministry and telling somebody else. And of course, they'll tell them not to tell anything to anybody else. I I also have seen another evil in the body of Christ, which is when somebody comes to you and says, I'm going to tell you something, but please don't tell anybody else. Hmm. That is a prison. What if they tell you, oh yeah, 
I'm about ready to kill myself. But don't tell nobody. Uh -huh. So if anybody comes to you and tells you that, you have to immediately say, I, I got to tell somebody. You know, depending on if your kids are being abused, I have to call somebody. If somebody got raped, you got to say something, right? See, so you can't let yourself get caught. Well, you're my friend. You have to, you have to give me the privilege of, of, in other words, I might have to help you. Maybe you don't know you need help. So I'm your friend, but give me the opportunity. I'll pray, but if it's, if it's a big thing, I might have to help you by, you know, going to the next phase here. Never let anybody put you in that prison. I've known people that have kept something and then something explodes and then they feel guilty for the rest of their lives. Well, you told me not to say anything. And you listened? See? So fruit. Say with me fruit. fruit. What does God want us to bear in this season? Fruit. What type of fruit? Let's go to the word. But the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what God wants us to bear today. Love, that word love there means agape. What's agape? Love the people even when they mess up. How can you do that? Well, maybe you might have to correct somebody, but don't kick them to the curb. Love them and continue to walk with them. Love them enough to share the truth with them. Can you do that? It's not easy. Today's generation doesn't like to hear the truth. I got one that's right, and everybody, went, everybody else went, because mm. <laughs> some of us are that very way. I don't want to hear the truth. Lie about me all you want. Just don't tell me the truth. <laughs> love. We have to love each other today. You see all the hate out there? You reflect Jesus. Love them. Love. Joy. How in the world can I be joyful in this day? Because the joy of the Lord is flowing through me. Remember, you're connected to a trunk. You're connected to the vine. The vine is always flowing with joy. If I'm connected in relationship with Almighty God through Christ, joy will flow through me. I'm going through a difficult time. Still, the joy flows. The joy will help me overcome my issues and problems. Peace, the peace of God. Sometimes, Christians, uh, people think they're crazy because they're going through so much stuff, but yet they're at peace. No, you don't understand. When you're in a relationship with Almighty God, you have a revelation other people don't have. God's going to help me. God's going to transition. He's going to turn this thing around. He's going to turn my morning into dancing. Sooner or later, I'm just going through this process, but I'm not going to park here. I know God's going to take me through. So we need to live with God's peace. It says long-suffering. When you have the Spirit of God and the grace of God is with you, you're able to stand in the midst of very difficult things. And somewhere along the line, you develop that ability to go through a thing and not give up. Yeah. Thank People look at you, how in the world won't you give up? My God, I have long suffering in me. The Spirit of God helps me. Uh, say with me, He helps me. Notice I didn't say love people all on your own with your own power because some people are very difficult to love. Notice I didn't say you have a joy in you that's, that's forever. No, the Spirit of God will give you a joy in the midst of your difficulty. He will help us with this. He'll help us with the fruit. Why? Because the trunk will send the life through the branch. Your branches. So as long as you're connected with Almighty God, the branch will flow with life. Kindness. Can we be kind with each other, please? Why do we have to be nasty with each other?
I don't get it. You're you beautiful people. Why do I have to be nasty? I don't have to be nasty with you. I could be truthful, but in love. You know, how are you doing? Uh, you know, how, how's your day? By the way, why are you even asking me? Beautiful day, huh? What's good about it? I don't understand why some people are like that. But then again, I know they're going through a process. So I need to be kind to them. Sometimes you're the only kind person they'll see for the day. In the train. How many of you take the train to work? Man, I tell you, the train needs, needs a, like a washing of kindness. Just, one day they should just shut the whole train down and just wash it with kindness. I don't get it sometimes. Why We could be so nasty with each other. Goodness. Yeah, goodness. The goodness of God. Yesterday, I helped that man. I'm only sharing it with you because you're my family. I'm not boasting about it. I shared it whether I talk to you or not about it. That's what I do. I do it in hidden. What you do in, hi- in hiding, God will manifest it in public. But I did it for them because God has done it for me over and over again. So now he's flowing through me and helping somebody else. You don't know that my action there might change that family's life right there. You don't know. You just don't know who you're going to help and how you're going to mark their life and shift their life into something positive, into something better. Gentleness. My God, gentleness. Why do we have to be so aggressive? I think that we've been raised in the city. Everybody lives in, you know, yeah, I go to other places and everybody's, hi, how are you? I said, do I know you? Have we spoken before? Are you getting a little too close? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, I even find myself some because the way I was raised. They, they come up at me. They come at, uh, you, you, back off. Yeah, I do that a lot because sometimes they want to hit you. And I'm looking for anybody that's trying to hit me from behind. I got, I got two eyes right behind my head. Some of these young guys are going to come and hit me on my head. I'm, I'm going to go like this and I'm going to go whack right back. See, we get in the flesh very easily. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, we have to be kind with each other. We have to show gentleness. Why not? It's because the human nature many times doesn't have it within them. The works of the flesh destroy. The fruit of the Spirit builds up and heals. And then it says faithfulness. You know, we see such an unfaithful generation. You see that with the politics. You see that in business. Sometimes your supervisors will throw you under the bus in a second for a promotion. I don't, I, you know, with my staff, I, I'm a supervisor. My, I'm faithful to them. And I would tell them, listen, you messed up. I'm not going to write you up this time. But this is where you messed up. Now, I know this is your second home. This is where you derive your finances. So let's fix this up right away, okay? It's my job to tell you. And if they find out about it, I will have no choice and I would have to write you up. But this one, I don't want to write you up because I don't want to hurt you. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, boss. Thank you. But do it again. Well, I'm just saying, why not? Why, why not be you know, faithful and help each other, build each other up? One guy told me one time, <clears throat> man, if it was any other supervisor, I would have been fired already. And I said, you're right. You would have been because I know this industry. But I'm not trying to hurt you. I know you need your job. See, what can you do to show gentleness to your neighbors? Uh, where you live at? Do they know you? Does your neighbors know you? In the old days, we would give sugar and, and coffee to each other. Do we do that anymore? I bought a little home in Pennsylvania a couple of years ago. 
And like the first weekend, we're there, we're painting and stuff, and suddenly, ding dong, and, and, and it was a neighbor. And she had like a brownie cake. This is so cool, give me a brownie cake. So that's so cool. Weir, 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 weir. Oh my God, my alarm was on because I'm from New York and I put alarms in my house. <laughs> weir, weir, weir. And I'm, I'm freaking out and she's like. <laughs> so finally we got it off and I took the cake. I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> Are you sure this cake is good? <laughs> oh man. I just want to make sure, man, if I'm going to eat this stuff, it better be good. Did you just make it now? Did you just bake it now? It's like, is this something that somebody else gave you? This, is this a regifting thing? <laughs> and, and then the last one, the last one, self-control. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to strengthen us so we can be self-controlled. You touch many people, I mean, it comes all out. No, we need to be self-controlled. The Spirit of God will help you in that area. But I can, can't, can't control this. God will help you. Amen. I just lose my temper. You know, it's just the way I am. No, it's not the way you are. It's just you've allowed yourself to get out of control. The Spirit of God will help you to get in control. And that will come through a, a personal relationship with Almighty God. People think a personal relationship with God is, ah, i got to go to the church. No, you become the church. When you receive Christ, you become the church. You become part of that family. You don't just become a, you know, you don't get on church roster. No, he adopts you. He adopts you into the family. And I love that about him. And then he helps us in life. When I was 15, I came to Christ. That changed me. It changed my disciplines. It changed uh, the way I looked at life. Uh, I no longer saw life as something. I'm not going to live too much longer. Yeah, because when I was a kid, it was tough. But I'm here today, 58. And still, God's blessing. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And God's been good to me. So, in, in closing, He wants us to bear fruit. And in this season, this nation needs this type of fruit. Because they're seeing enough of the works of the flesh. They need to see the fruit of the Spirit manifest through you and through me. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So, 